on this episode of the AIE Podcast. The Final Fantasy Fan Fest is this weekend. Iron Horde Incursion is coming. Lotro is having a craft fair. There are... Stupid Genius and Turbo are here to talk to us about Eve. All that and more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. All right, greetings and welcome to episode 211 of the podcast celebrating the Aaliyah Ayakta-Est gaming community. This is Accuzod. Eludra is off digging in the dirt, which we can't really tell you more about. It's a secret. If you want to know more, you have to follow her on Twitter. Uh, but right over here, we've got Makala. Hey, guys. We have uh, cookies and cream cupcakes in the guild kitchen. Ooh, good choice. I love those. Thank you. <laughs> Right, this week here to talk to us about AIE and EVE Online, we've got two special guests. First up is Stupid Genius. We just call him Stu. Because otherwise, it's just rude. That's true. And uh, otherwise, we have to, you know, this podcast no longer be G-rated if you start throwing around words like that. Yes. <laughs> and we also have Turbo. Welcome. Hey, guys. It's not been too awful long, but glad to be back. Thanks. Yeah, I know you guys were just on. All right, so let's go around the horn. Makala, I've been gone for two weeks, so what in the world's been going on? Well, you uh, missed one heck of a great Gary fight Thursday night. Oh, man. We, did, we didn't even get into the second phase, heart phase. It was a good wow. time. Well, that's because I wasn't there. Right, right. Um, I don't remember who all got uh, heirlooms. Uh, again, I think I got an heirloom for somebody else's class. Oh, and <laughs> Have you gotten an heirloom uh, every single Gary fight? I I have pretty much, but still nobody will uh, drop the uh, necklace I need. And I guess Tet got a two-handed axe. Oh, nice! He could use yes. that. Right. Outstanding. All right, Stu, you've been you've been on the show a billion times. <laughs> what have you been up to since last time you were here? Uh, well, I've been dabbling in this new little MMO from Tryon, which uh, you guys might remember them from the Rift days, which I was a, a huge fan of back in the day and uh, so now they are the publisher for the new MMO Arc Age from uh, South Korea uh, uh, made by XL Games and uh, I guess the the, the lead designer is uh, his name is Jake Song I believe he's uh, one of the lead designers that was part of Lineage if you remember that MMO back yep. in the day so that there's kind of a uh, his, uh, his his brand new Imagined world based on some uh, novels, I guess is is the, my understanding. But uh, it's a, a new fantasy MMO that we uh, AIE is kind of going into in the uh, GURP project process and checking out and been having a blast in there with Turbo and a lot of the Eve guys because as um, some of us like to say, it's Eve on land as there's a right. high level of complexity to the game. Not not as much as Eve, but there's a lot of of nuances and, and deepness to the game that, while on the surface, you just don't really notice. Are there spreadsheets? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we have a spreadsheet actually going right now. Do you have to be uh, paranoid? Uh, not, not as much. You just have to, like, it, you just have, like, there's farms, and you can set permissions for those. Um, you can set them to either family, which is like a... a 
group that you can create that can be part of multiple guilds or whatever you want to do. And then there's also like uh, you can just open it up to the guild or you can even make it public or you can make it completely private so only you can you can do uh, work on your farm. So it, it, it's as you can be as uh, paranoid as you'd like. Uh, but you don't necessarily have to be very paranoid to, to play the game like uh, Eve you do. Awesome. <laughs> I've actually been hearing about the game a lot. It's It's got the kind of press that Wildstar had when it first came out, so it sounds like it's great. Yeah, it's it's been quite a bit of fun. It, it actually, it's a little bit more um, uh, non-PVP friendly for some of the people compared to Eve because when you're in Arcage you if you're in the if you're in your faction zone people can't attack you but if you attack them then it's free game so it works out for people that don't want to ever really venture into the PVP areas but a lot of the fun is in the PVP areas so yes. PVP by choice yeah, there's so no one can attack you until you hit level ten. So that's kind of a difference between Eve, where it's kind of you're you're all, anytime you're undocked in Eve, you can be attacked. Whereas in Arc Age, you can't be attacked and you can't even attack people until you're level ten. So that's kind of a big one. And then of course there's 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 a number of of lands and zones that you can't even get attacked in. Um, but and there's also ones that go in and out of war that make it more fun. So that's what Turbo and I have been having a blast doing is just kind of Exploring that world, and then I think we're both working on pilot pirate characters to uh, pack, check out the uh, the more nefarious parts of the game. <laughs> even even on land, you're a pirate. So Turbo, <laughs> you heard your voice there for a second. What have you been up to? It's been a while since you've been on. Uh, playing a lot of Arcage, um, trying not to cause any diplomatic incidents. Good. And Eve, although it that. Stu made me a diplomat, so yeah, I, I would expect more coming soon. Isn't um, that like they're not Stu the, Isn't that like giving the wolf the key to the hen house? Pretty much. Awesome. Yeah, we, we got we got some plans coming up. You'll hear about that later. Um, but the big thing is I want a 3D printer. Print all the pretty <gasps> things. Ooh. Yeah, though I've been been seeing those at conventions I go to. Those things are just neat. I blame C now. <laughs> Okay, well, let's jump back into EVE news here in a bit, but first, let's jump into AIE news. AIE news. Just a reminder, there's a meetup planned for this upcoming weekend, October 17th. The um, Final Fantasy Online officers will be hosting a mini company slash guild hall at the Rio Hotel for the Final Fantasy 14 Fan Festival. My God, that's a mouthful. That was pretty good, though. You did that. Thanks. Good job. If you if you plan on being in Las Vegas for the event, sign up on the AIEmeetup.com site to let us know you're coming. Also, meetup site, we have one. It's fun and easy to use to plan your next guild event. Also, if you're going to the um, the Final Fantasy meet, the Eve meet is the same weekend. So if you're there, you might be able to meet. Uh, I think Lank is going to be there. So you could probably hang out with him at some point. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Don't let him trick you into buying his drinks. <laughs> and don't get him started on ponies. Or hipster food. <laughs> okay, let's move on to uh, AIE in World of Warcraft, and wow, we have a lot of news. That was actually a pun, but I didn't mean that. Sorry. Um, 
Patch 6.0.2, the Iron Tide, is scheduled to crash into Azeroth on Tuesday, this Tuesday, October 14th. That's like in two days. days. With the patch... What? Two days. Two days. With the patch comes the world event Iron Iron Horde Incursion, the new character models, but you know, not Blood Elves or Pandas, inventory improvements, characters and class changes, quality of life changes, there's the stat squish, there's all the spells they're taking out, the ones they've combined, it's going to be a huge change. And justice and valor points are no longer, but you will be able to, you'll be, you will be receiving the equivalent of 47 silver for every justice point or valor point in the mail. So uh, I'm thinking I'm going to convert all my valor points to justice points if they're worth the same per point, but okay. Yeah, you might as well. All right, you know we're AWP, AIE, of course, is made up of a number of co guilds. We wanna, we generally don't, uh, we generally don't mention the individual co guilds because we're one big guild. But we did have some groups get together over the last few weeks and intentionally try to push some achievements for the co guilds. We want to give them some, um, some credit and some kudos. So we've got big rats to those in the Saluce co guild for unlocking the reins of the thundering jade cloud serpent. The raid team better late than never. I'm going to mess up these names, so forgive me, which is Horkos, Monk Curious, Warlow, Tolgar, Inor, Jeratul, Nazari, Thugs, Lisky Druid, Malcontent, Snaf, and Pavu worked very that. hard. Thank you very much. Uh, they worked very hard to unlock this beautiful mount. Again, it's only available to the members in the Code Guild or Co-Guild Salus. And I um, believe you have to be exalted for that particular mount. Right, and just a word of warning for those who might be like, oh, I'll just switch between go guilds, which is, you know, cool and all. You do lose a level of rep if you switch guilds. So if you're exalted in another co-guild and you jump over to Saluce, you will drop back down to honored or revered, whatever it is, revered, I guess, and have to work your way back up to exalted. So you may or may not want to do that. Just to warn you, we've had some people ask to be switched and then get upset because they didn't realize that was going to happen. Yep. Uh, and a big huge congrats to the Kogil Dignitas for opening up the Thunder Serpent Hatchling. You can pick up this lovely pet at the at Revered with Dignitas at the Guild Vendor in Ogamar, but it's only available until the patch drops on Tuesday. So if you're not in Dignitas, you probably won't have time to switch over and then well, actually no, if you're exalted with Dignitas or exalted with somebody else and you switch over, you may have time you're to good. get it. You're but uh, of course Switching co-guilds can sometimes be a pain anyway, so it is something we do allow. We're not against the idea. Of course, you just have to make sure you're on when there's an officer on in that particular co-guild. Sometimes that doesn't always happen as soon as you'd like, so uh, we apologize if that's what you'd like to do and you don't find an officer on in that guild. Be pa just be patient with us. Um, we have tried to make sure that we have lots of coverage this weekend, but of course, during the week, we don't have as much coverage because, you know, we have to pay to play the game and we have jobs. Yeah, and like there has authorized overtime uh, payment for the officers who want to work late and make sure to get people moved over, which okay. is uh, you know, a 10, 10% in addition to what we normally make, so which zero. is, of course, zero. Yeah, so, <laughs> but uh, just hang in there with us, and we're happy to do, move people around if we, as we have to. So uh, thank you, and speaking of that, thank you to those great AIE officers who have been working hard on swapping guildies around to be able to get those achievements and get the pet, especially Nevermore, Eagle, Mucow, and Alakaz, who've all been on there working overtime, making sure people get in and out of the right guilds. So we big, have, big shout-out to them. We do have, by the way, I forgot to mention it in the notes, a special um, channel. It's, AIE, it's actually AIE Swap. And if we do have officers around that are available to do those swaps for you, we'll be hanging out in that channel. Oh, cool. Well, I'll make sure to jump in that on my solution. All right. All right. 
Um, AIE member Thugs has pulled out a call has put out a call for all raiders with a tune geared 516 above and ones that know the fight to help with the Garage Hell Scream their Heirloomathon event. I love the idea. It's great. Heirloomathon event. The idea is to help AA members get as many heirlooms as possible between the patch and warlords, which we know is a month away. So sign up with your information on the forums. And last, we have tons of great guildies making content and planning events right now. Again, the best place to go to find out all of where that's happening and make sure you're a part of it is to keep an eye in the forums and the AIE WoW Twitter feed, and that is at AIE underscore WoW. And we want to give a huge shout-out to Nevermore for keeping that up to date. And if you uh, are doing an event and you tweet, make sure you uh, include AIE underscore WoW in your tweet so that Nevermore can retweet that for you. Definitely, and she's really great about doing that to make sure that the guild knows what's going on when it's happening. She is awesome. She is. And speaking of Twitter, this is literally just in. Max Sorchwar tweeted today that there will be a short hangar deck unlock ceremony at the Imperial flagship tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern. So once you're done with the podcast, maybe grab some dinner. Two and a half hours? Exactly. Head on over to uh, Sorchwar and enjoy that ceremony. Sorchwar also has a really, really lots going on. Um, they're very popular, very fun. Ask Sorchwar Guildy is, of course, we have up next. Now my turn to pronounce names. Yektorlo. <laughs> so go to the forum, you know, put them under the Inquisition, find out what makes them tick. And we want to send our condolences. Oh, yeah, congratulations to the newest Star Wars officer, Sten, S-T apostrophe N. And last, Star Wars came out with some huge news. The saga continues in Star Wars, The Old Republic, The Shadows of Revan. It's an all-new, all-digital expansion. Revan returns in a new story-driven expansion with five new levels of adventure. And it launches December 9th. Um, and the earlier you order, the better, the more goodies you get. The best thing about this, though, is with the early order, is you players are offered 12 times experience game while playing exclusively through the class story mission up to level 55. The boost is effective as soon as you pre-order and goes through December 1st. So pretty Ooh, much nice. right up until that week before the uh, new expansion drops, you can um, get that that extra XP. I love that. Great yeah, idea. Great. All right, let's move on to AIE in Lord of the Rings Online. In grand AIE tradition, Van Flick has announced that those brave citizens of Middle-earth are looking to have a membership drive f- slash craft fair for two weeks beginning on October 23rd-ish. Yes. Hobbits aren't really, yeah, hobbits aren't good with dates. They're just, you know. So uh, this may be partially due to Van Flick's hoarding habit, but I believe it'll, it'll benefit the kinship itself. Keep your eyes on the thread in the Lotro part of the forums for details as they, they emerge. And not only do we have um, the big patch and WoW dropping this week, but also Delta Rising, the expansion for um, Star Trek Online, is coming. It actually is the same day, October uh, 14th, Tuesday. Delta Rising will take place in the Delta Quadrant, exploring the effects of the journey of the USS Voyager to the region more than 30 years earlier? Later? Earlier. Later, I guess. Oh, Voyager was there 30 years ago. Now we're now it's real time in game. Sorry about that. Show notes are hard. 
This expansion feature, features level the level cap will be increased um, from 50 to 60. Nine new tier six ships will be available at launch. A new type of bridge officer will also be available, the intelligence officer, and the addition of Garrett Wang voicing Harry Kim, plus even more Tim Russ. Good times. Oh, so if you're a World Warcraft player and a Star Trek online player, this Tuesday yeah, you get better call in sick. Yeah, you're going to be sick all week. I'm sorry. In yeah. fact, you need to call your boss. You're, you're not looking well. We'll let him know that you're not going to be there for a few days. That most <laughs> definitely. We'll make the excuse. It's fine. Yeah, you blame us. You blame me all the time. My wife does. It's totally cool. <laughs> so, all right. Let's get back into uh, AIE EVE Online with Stu and Hoots. All right, guys, what's going on in space? Oh, it's actually Stu and Turbo. Just oh, sorry. Yes, yeah. I forgot to change yeah, the notes there. Sorry about that. No, is that we had a, a last-minute uh, substitution. Uh, Hoots had to uh, head up, uh, head up north. Obviously, yes. I actually can't read and think at the same time because I know Turbo's here. I just yeah. spoke to him. All right, so uh, <laughs> what's been happening in AIEU land? Uh, well, first off, we wanted to get the word out on Slack. It's our new communication tool. A lot of you are familiar with Jabber or IRC or any of the other tools out there. Slack is the kind of its own little um, communication tool that a lot of us have been do using. We get, had some uh, feedback from some other um, Eve people that suggested we uh, should use it. So um, we've all been having a blast doing it. It, it, it. It's an extension of like our IRC and so forth, and you kind of interact with um, being able to... Uh, hashtag or at reply people and still have uh, private groups where you can conversate and, and handle um, you know private matters or OPSEC reasons especially that's important in EVE so, so it's a, a text based system yeah it's, it's full text based it has image it's kind of like um, we were we were going to use GroupMe for this but we decided to go ahead and move over to Slack because it has a little bit more uh, control and allows us to do a little bit more to it um, Turbo is actually going to be the one to uh, uh, yeah, um, if you're not there and you're still in good standings with AIEU, we invite everybody to come check it out because it's always, in the random section, it's always just whatever people are talking about. And we have a general EVE section in it too, and a lot of times it kind of runs over and it may either, it may make you just remember the reasons that you love EVE, reminisce about the old fun that you had, or it may just remind you how much you hate it. So, right. um, <laughs> now nice. I have to ask, was it created by the Church of the Subgenius? Uh, not that we're familiar with, no. Alright, right, so there's, I had to throw out all the obscure references I can. No, fact, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's question. yeah, I think, I think that's what he was saying, or sorry, she was saying there. Um, the, the, Slack was is kind of actually designed for corporate communication to be able to centralize instead of having like email, chat, you know, uh, text and everything in between have, occurring inside of like your your business organization. It's it's supposed to centralize it so you can just send it over Slack. You can share documents over like Google Drive or Google Doc, and and, and it allows you to be very centralized and it's all searchable. So like, oh, what was that thing that Michaela right. sent me last week? Uh, you know, it was about you know ponies or whatever, and I search ponies and I can find. It. <laughs> I I know she wouldn't do that, but uh, <laughs> she 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 sent me a picture that was making fun of ponies that I meant to link the link, and I and that's yes. what it was. Yes, thank you. 
So so that that's kind of the benefit there. Um, of course, as Turbo said, if you're not if you're not playing Eve uh, right now, but you're still in good standing with AIEU, we welcome you to come in and join us. It is kind of cool. It has a mobile uh, app for iOS, Android, I think Windows Phone. Um, so check it out. It's pretty cool. Great. Uh, and next up is kind of the big news from our corp, uh, corp uh, update for October is we're going to be deploying to Naka, which is Losec. It's um, part of uh, Derelict. Uh, not that far from Providence that we're going to be moving to to be able to base out of for current corp organ, um, deployment. It's strictly just our corp. We're not moving there with a the greater alliance or anything like that. The um, we'll talk a little bit later about what the the greater alliance coalition are up to. But we're we're looking to try to have some fun with uh, Providence. So that's we're moving down there. And uh, biggest thing is it's going to be a, a very lean deployment. We're not going to be providing any movement services or anything like that. We want you to just grab uh, one or two bombers and maybe an interceptor or two and have that move to Nikah on your own. It's not that far from high sec and, and it shouldn't uh, be terribly difficult to get anything there. If, you, if you're if you just having tr- trouble or something getting there, feel free to hit me up in-game or out-of-game, and we'll try to work something out. But as of right now, the Corp isn't offering any official movement services. Uh, Naka is actually only about 12 jumps out of Amar, and only two of those jumps are low-sec. So you can get there relatively quickly, even if you're in high-sec, and um, get into some fights. Where we're at in catch, it is really hard for anybody to come in and just, if they wanted to try and play with us and they're not part of Brave, they're pretty much going to get shot. But where we're at, uh, people could come in and play with us in the low-sec area because we're just a little bit into low-sec instead of a good 30 jumps into null. Um, And also... uh, Kuda and Lank are working on getting us um, getting us a bunch of ships ready to fly out there, so you won't have too many issues about getting something. If you can't get anything out there, you can at least get something that we have there to fly. So we're going to have love, the resources to care that. Sorry. I mean to interrupt there. I, I, love, I love that you said catch, and there was immediately crying in the background. You're right. That's okay, now I have to ask, you guys know, I was big into E for a good three months, I think. It obsessed me for three solid months. It is a great game. I love playing it. Unfortunately, I got down to the point where I can only pay for one game at a time, and I just don't have your guys' ability to, to make Plex in-game, just due to time limitations. So is this, like, a more accessible way to get in? Because really where we were at the time when I was there, it's there was really not a lot to do except go out and fight, which is the whole main point of EVE anyway. So what are, what kind of missions are you guys going to be running in the new space? Uh, there's lots of opportunity to run uh, various things to make ISK uh, from being able to just straight rat. Um, because we're in NullSec, you have good uh, um, mission running slash uh, rat or it's a shortened term for pirate, basically killing baddies for their bounties and then also for the loot that they drop. Um, you can make a pretty decent amount of ISK doing that in Nullsec. Uh, Turbo actually does a lot of um, exploration in uh, going out and checking out data sites and relic sites. Uh, making, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about how much you're uh, making and what you're doing as far as that's concerned? Uh, yeah, actually, um, it's one of the things that's coming up in the... Uh it's kind of a little 
look forward in the update Phoebe um, or however you say it Phoebe or I don't I don't really know but um coming up in that they're actually balancing the um, exploration relic loot so everybody's going to pretty much be able to get loot better paying loot all around right now relic sites in a good night if I'm not fighting too incredibly hard Oh, hold on a second. On a good night, I believe he's making somewhere about a billion-esque, uh, give or take, uh, and that's in the relic loot and all the other stuff. So he usually has to move that out to um, either high sec to get it sold at Amar or something like that, or um, some of it you can probably sell locally and or sell it to a buyback service locally if it's a good enough. Um, uh, I have to admit, good the enough size. exploration. Exploration, I think, might become my favorite part of the game. Is because it's kind of like a, a solo way to play a multiplayer game, and still have a lot of fun. Because you know, there's that stress and tension when I'm approaching a relic site, and I see a blip come up on on the scan. I'm like, oh, is that a friendly, or is he gonna blow me up? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you always have the first line of intel, which is gonna be your local chat to see if a, a friendly or or neutral or hostile is in system. And then beyond that, you also have your D scan, which we'll talk a little bit about later on. Uh, there's some D scan, excuse me, D scan changes coming Ooh. in the next couple updates. Um, actually, in the most recent update, there was a way to change the way the dropdown works, and so um, you can more easily get angled scans and narrowing down scans to make it easier to scan down um, things around you to tell what's coming towards you and so forth. Um, but I wanted to go back just a little bit. Uh, speaking of making Plex, um, Hoots has been doing a monthly contest for September. I believe it was the most kills, and actually one of our brand new, um, uh, brand new members. I think he's only been in the corp like three months of September, or, or sorry, two or three weeks of September, and he got the most kills. So he got um, or most final kills or something like that. I don't remember the exact content de contest details, but he got a Plex for that. Um, October's contest is going to be emailing or, or excuse me, eve mailing Drewson Howden in game or sending the PM to Hoots on the Extra Life forums with an action uh, after action report that you have written. So basically it means you need to run a fleet and be able to um, have written up an actual after action report AAR on the Brave subreddit or on the My Extra Life forums or both if you prefer. Okay, now I don't remember seeing an AAR before. What is an after-action report? It's it's pretty What's simple. It? it doesn't have to be very complex. It just it just basically is what your what are the the what happened on a fleet you've ran. So if if, if you're FCing a fleet and you're running around and, and you killed three things or your whole fleet died, you just make note of that what happened, and then you try to make some notes about. If you're the FC, after the fact, maybe what I could have done differently here or what I could have done differently there, um, you can make a few notes of that. You don't need to be overly critical of yourself or anything like that. It's just more of a, this is what I did, and then you, generally people will post and say, um, say, um, you know, great job, or um, here's a few things that you could have tried differently. Like there was a recent one that actually happened with uh, a lot that a lot of our groups were in, that they were all in uh, bombers. And they had tried to aggress a Astero, which is a Citizen of Eve frigate, which is bad news bears for them because uh, bombers have torpedo launchers and uh, 
Torpedo launchers are about the size of battleship guns, and being able to track a frigate, even with target painters, is terribly difficult. And so uh, bombers are class cannons, and the from what I read on the after-action report, they basically got uh, destroyed by the Asteros drones. So that that's kind of a one of the things that you learn differently is don't ingress a frigate in a uh, bomber as your guns are just too big to be able to hit it very well. Got it. I, uh, one of the things I always miss, the fact I just trained on bombers before I had to step out of the game. I never got to run one. They're a lot of fun. I, I, I'm level 5 in all the uh, covered op recon ships, so I get... Uh, that's pretty much about the only thing that I fly besides... Um, I just stepped into T3 cruisers, which is a lot of money. And if I die, I lose uh, skill points. So, Ouch. That's not good. Yeah. It's like losing XP um, so, when you die. die. Yeah. It's about, you got to play it real safe or just not care a whole lot. Um, and our own like Theris from WoW actually has done a couple of, of, of bomber slash interceptor fleets recently. Uh, he's been having um, mixed success. That's uh, he was mentoring somebody with um, when they were on the previous fleet uh, with uh, where they had tried to aggress a a stero and and lost. That was he was mentoring somebody else who was working on FCing, and that was kind of a lesson learned, so to speak. Um, but there's another couple of ones that they did where they went through wormholes and popped out on the other side of the, the universe and it had found uh, like a 1.9 or 1.6 billion isk Tengu and they killed a, um, was it a Garma or, or Theros? One of the two, one of the new uh, Mortis Legion uh, ships and those are worth about a half a bill easy. So they had some really good success with their like uh, relatively cheap uh, ships. That is insane. Oh, I love it. And again, length involved, of course, it's insane. Yep. Uh, besides that, uh, finally, the, the the biggest news coming out, and this is a little bit of uh, uh, unknowns going about, but uh, war is coming to catch, and uh, Turbo can tell us a little bit more why that's happening. Uh, we have upcoming jump drive changes coming in the uh, Phoebe update, yeah. and what it is is um, they're nerfing a lot of the... They're nerfing a lot of the um, a lot of the jump drive ability to where you won't be able to warp across the entire universe in a single night and fight, pick a fight with somebody and then warp all the way across back to your home. If you warp across the entire universe universe in one night, you're probably looking at that person being stuck there for a very long time unless they leave. And a lot of people are gonna, a lot of people are gonna try and take advantage of that, and attack at different sides of the universe for us or uh, the region, so, because we can't deploy as fast as we used to after the patch goes live, and it's gonna make for some really interesting fights coming up because we won't, people won't, people will either have to deploy, commit serious resources and pretty much give up their ability to um, get them out or end up just committing lots and lots of little resources and just lots of people in smaller ships to pick fights. So they're making... It's going to be very interesting. Um, 
coming up soon. Hmm, do you know why they're changing jump drives like that? Uh, force projection, um, which is a, a fancy power projection, force projection. It's a major issue right now in EVE um, in that uh, you have many of the big power blocks, uh, Pandemic Legion, uh, NC Dot or N3, and uh, CFC and, and their, their co- respective coalitions, they all are able to, within a reasonable amount of time, get an entire capital, super capital ship uh, fleet from one side of the universe to the other right now. And that's always been an issue of if I aggress this person, this let's say like a good example is right now we uh, occasionally have fights with uh, N3 or Noi Secunda or, or whoever the case may be in our own backyard in Kets. And usually what happens is we, we end up ingressing the carrier and then just before the carrier gets killed, when it's about in, in like less than 25% structure, it itself or one of its uh, one or two uh, subcapital ships, usually like a Legion or something, uh, T3 decently tanked, lights a Sino, and then in jumps like eight or nine ca- uh, carriers. And I don't know exactly where these were coming, but they could be hopped from all the way across the universe. And so, like, if there's a big fight that happens, instead of having just those people who are part of it fighting, you have the case of if, if you know, the big, if, you know, big bad PL or big bad CFC hears about this and they have the right people online or at least available to be pinged, they don't need to be actually online, then they can um, then go, to go online and jump their ships from, uh, you know, wherever the heck their home is, so let's say in Declan for the, the goons, or um, I don't remember exactly where PL base is. All I can think of is Amamaki. I don't, I know they don't know where they are anymore, but um, anyways, wherever it may be. And right now, if a matter of half an hour or less, even maybe in 15 minutes, they can have their entire capital ship fleet moved across the universe. And that's an issue because then it, it makes it so... We never want to aggress, or our group never want to aggress uh, at a large scale, because there's always this question mark of this big, massive force being able to just hop down. And the only limitation is the the number of sinos that they have, and that's really not a real limitation. Um, so what they've done is limited the jump drive range of almost all the ships, except for jump freighters, which jump freighters are just used for. Uh, logistics of moving ships around, or moving uh, equipment and and stuff like that around, uh, package ships as well. Um, so it's less of a deal of power projection, but it more so prevents. They also added a fatigue element. So when you jump, you have a fatigue on your character that won't that doesn't go away as quickly as the time it takes you to jump. So if you jump. You are. This is a little complicated, and the math is crazy. But uh, it's not actually crazy, but it's it's crazy, crazier than you probably want to follow. Um, but let's just say, like when you jump, it will take you approximately five to ten minutes to be able to jump again. Beyond that, the next time you jump, if you if your fatigue doesn't all the way go down, and so there's a there's a jump cooldown, and then there's a jump fatigue, and there's the two separate things. If you don't wait till your jump fatigue goes all the way down, then it's explicit. Uh, um, and it's exponential growth of the time. So the next time you jump, it's even longer for your jump cooldown to make it harder for you to be able to move 
all the way across the universe. They still want people to be able to move across the universe, but they don't want it to be easy. And that's kind of the point. They want to make the universe smaller again. Uh, with that said, there's still the ability to move around the universe in, in a somewhat of a, a quicker way because they've changed the mechanics to the fact that now Titans, Super Capitals, Carriers, Dreadnoughts, anything of that class can now jump through gates. So they can still jump, but they want them to still have that time that it takes to warp across the universe to take the, the gate and then to come out the other side and align and, and continue and so forth. So they want to... You, if you're really committing the, the forces to move them, they want it to take the time to get across the universe. They don't want it just in an instant to happen. Um, and one of the, the side effects and something that CCP acknowledges is going to happen is that there are going to be less big battles like the Battle of Asakai or the Battle of BTAC-R that uh, many people have heard about through just main, mainstream media and so forth where these huge large number of capitals are involved less of that will happen They'll still, they'll, there's still depend, potential for them to happen if there's a current war going on because then you have the resources deployed to a given area um, and, and it, it adds a lot of strategy to the back end of EVE so that you need to be able to plan accordingly whether you're going to, if you're if you're trying to expand your border, so to speak, are you going to put all of your big ships within one jump of the place you're fighting, or are you going to keep them one jump or one or two jumps from back to cover your current land? And it's more of a risk approach to EVE in that you can't have things all over the place in an instant. And so that's that's the kind of idea behind the whole jump drive nerve. Boy, that is going to make a big change. And yeah, so... It, sorry, go ahead. Do we know when these um, changes are coming? I apologize, I didn't remember you saying a date, or is it TM? Uh, November 4th, I believe, is the oh, date. Wow. So okay. uh, CCP, uh, I think we talked about previously, uh, the, the previous time I was on the show back in May, and then Turbo might have mentioned it before, CCP is on this new... Um, six-week development cycle, although right now they're currently actually targeting five weeks as the development cycle, um, oddly enough, because that's just the way it worked out with timing. Um, so they have five weeks where they're working on a, a set of features, whatever those will be. So like the previous release, I'll just run down real quick, Oceanus. Um, they added uh, burner missions. Uh, they added opt-in notification. Uh, they added some updates for visuals on wormholes and wormhole space. Uh, they... Uh, added some Sino exclusion areas around star bases and pauses. Um, they made some uh, a rebalancing pass on interdictors and interceptors, and of course they made the um, French localization support added, which is kind of cool for for CCP to add. Um, and of course the, the coolest thing is the new cloak effect because everybody likes cool fancy new cloaks. Um, one of my favorite part of it is actually the fact that. CCP has now added make it easier to see your ship when it's cloaked because that was an issue before. Like when you're when you jump through when you jump through a gate or when you you're flying cloaked, sometimes it's hard which to tell which way your ship is oriented, and so that's a big difference in Eve. Um, and and no, none of your none of your hostiles will make it easier for them to see it, but it makes you evil easier to see it. So like if you're aligning to a target or something like that, and it, it gives you a better idea of what you're aligned to and your ship is aligned to, so that when you go to move or to decloak, you know I'm approximately in line with this moon or this planet or whatever the case may be. 
great. That, yeah, definitely has some uh, quality of life improvement there. Yeah, oh, definitely like so, that. I always played a, a covert, covert ops ship. That was always my favorite to fly. And yeah, I agree. I could never tell where I was pointing. Yeah, the cloak is the cloak will help out bombers a lot, and it is really pretty. And um, the uh, new D scan drop down menu where you can select exactly what you want to um, what you want to filter out allows you to quickly just instead of when you pop up the D scan and try and find to see if somebody's looking for you, um, the game right now just if if you don't have it set, it'll just give you everything that's scannable in the region but with the drop down menu you select one of your preset uh, overview tabs and it can be PVP so only thing that it'll show up is ships and probes which makes it really quick to know if somebody's hunting you down rather than clicking on it scanning through a hundred objects to try and figure out oh hey somebody dropped probes trying to find me so you can be paranoid faster and in real time Get paranoid faster. I love that. Um, so I, I did want to run through quickly, since we were talking about the iterations, Phoebe, which is the next release. And uh, so Oceanus just got released back at the end of September. Um, or was it was it early no, October? I don't remember anymore. I'm losing track because they're moving so, stuff uh, quick. The 30th. Okay, yeah, the 30th of September got released. So now um, November 4th, I believe, is the date. Let me just scroll down to make sure. Um... I'm not seeing it right here yeah, on this no. particular screen. I see, I see right there on your um, notes. Yeah, the release date's November 4th. Yes, okay, so November 4th is the, the date for it. And, um, there, of course, those jump changes I mentioned before. Another big change that's coming is they're going to allow you to do unlimited skill queues. So no longer do you have to worry about the 24-hour restraint on, or constraint, rather, of... Um, having to only be able to put stuff into your skill for the first you know 24 hours of the time you could put anything in there as long as it forever and as long as you need it there is still the requirement of the uh, any skill that has a prerequisite so for example if you're trying to train jump drive calibration you need to have jump drive operation trained to five first and you can't put that into the queue until you've already completed the previous one requirement. Oh, so that's that's okay. there is that one catch there. But as long as you have enough like critical mass of skills in injected, you should be good. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I've definitely had times where I wanted to train a very specific skill and I was working on the prerequisite. And even I may even have little time in the twenty four hour window. I'm like, well, why can't I throw that in there? I'll be able to do it when I finish the one right, right. before it, but nope. Yeah, I kind of wish there was something to do with that, and I think with their new uh, iteration cycle, I wouldn't be surprised if within the next year, and I, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anything specific about this, but I wouldn't be surprised if within a certain period of time you would start to see something that enables that. Um, obviously, there's probably some some uh, tricks to that to try to get it to work from the the client side, but it, it makes logical sense that you can say, okay. I have this physical thing. Let me go ahead and inject it. I can't do anything with it. I don't really know it. It's like a, you know, a, it's it's a null trained skill. And then when I complete the the first requirement, all the requirements for it, I can go ahead and put it on my skill queue and just hit play, and so that can go on for that. Uh, one kind of caveat is the trial accounts are still limited to 24 hours, just as a as a note there for the queue. And if you do, uh, FYI, if you do want to check out Eve after hearing about this, because I know jump drive changes are really exciting, um, 
the uh, 20, 21 day trial, if you hit myself up on the forums or pretty much anybody who plays Eve, we can get you with a, a buddy code that will give you 21 free days to check out. If you do subscribe uh, via, you know, the paying, uh, paying or whatever the case may be, then we can get uh, we get a plex, and then usually like myself and most people uh, will give you at least half, if not the whole thing. Uh, I personally will give you half the plex because I need money, but anybody, <laughs> people who, who have lots of this will tend to give you the entire plex, but that'll give you a, a, a big chunk of uh, starting capital. Um, there's lots of cool other things that are coming in in Phobos or Phoebe that I'm uh, probably just going to skip over for the most part, uh, but the, the biggest thing I've seen so far is that the scanner... The probe scanner and the directional scanner are getting separated visually on the on the UI to make it so you can use them both simultaneously and kind of keep track of stuff better. So that's going to be a cool thing coming forward as well, and that should be in the number. Very nice. Oh yeah, when you're when you're doing some of the recon things that I've had to do, being able to look at both at the same time would help out a lot because you can, if you're fast enough on it, and you see somebody. Uh, you see somebody come into system, you and you know where you're at in relative to the syst to the uh, gates in the system. You can drop a D scan and you can see when they pass near you or when they're coming to you because you see as you click scan over and over, you see their you see that that pops up when they weren't there. So you can if you have the distance set to the right amount, you can see that they are probably coming towards you because you are the only thing within this certain area, which can, if, if you cloak up fast enough, it makes it to where somebody's not going to blow up your ship, and sometimes the covered op ships can be kind of expensive, especially for some of the things <laughs> that we're starting to do. Right. I've lost mine more than once to, to the not being able to catch somebody coming in zone, so. Yeah, that but, the yeah but it still, it still hurts sometimes. Oh, God, yeah. The, the T3 ship that I'm flying, I think, is fitted out to 400 million, which is pretty much a uh, paper bag fit, which means it's the it's cheapest I can go and still be effective at what I do. But the one that um, Lank kill, uh, we mentioned that Lank killed earlier was uh, 1 billion, which is enough to pay for 30 days of uh, Plex and then some. Yeah, that definitely but, hurt uh, somebody badly. Yeah, well, not really, because we had a fight recently where um, we were able to take down a whole bunch of carriers, and I think it was something like, it was in the two digits of billions of ISK, so somebody lost a lot of money. Wow. Yeah, yeah for those who don't know the game, it's it's you can actually buy game time with in-game currency, and last time I looked, it was like 700 million was a month worth of game time. I have no idea what it's at now, but uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's maybe pushing 800 now. It's been flirting. It's been flirting with 800 all summer. And that's uh, what 15 dollars for the month or 20 for the month? Uh, for Plex, it is uh, generally 19.99 uh, for Plex, or if you buy two, it'll be 17.50. Um, if you just subscribe with no Plex involved, it's 15 bucks or less, depending if you do like a year, kind of like just like traditional MMOs. Right. Gotcha. So if you imagine people are you know, doing the most cost-conscious method of paying for the game at 15 bucks a month for 800 Plex, and you start talking about people losing you know, 10, 20 billion, you, you can actually get, we can get Tets to do the math. That actually turns out to be a lot of real money. Exactly. 
Yeah, the um, I have one account that I'm paying for with just Plex, and I have another account that I pay for with uh, cash, just because it's the one account that I need. If uh, it's one account that I want to play all the time, I pay for it out of pocket. But if I can't Plex the other account, I have I can always just come around and get the money saved up in game eventually and pay for it. Not a bad plan, definitely. I think that about wraps up our discussion on Eve for now. I mean, the we're kind of really looking forward to the uh, Phoebe changes uh, for the most part. Um, it's going to be a, uh, I mean, it's going to be hitting everybody hard, um, but that's kind of the point because uh, CCP didn't want to do a like a half-hearted uh, nerf and, and make it so that it only hurt like one percent or you know it only hurt or excuse me it only hit the hurt the ninety-nine percent but it didn't hurt the you know the one percent the super rich or whatever so it sounds like it's pretty good a balance pass it's going to be a little painful for myself being the logistics director and having to jump stuff around. Um, they right. did make it a little bit nicer with the fact that they kind of unnerfed some of the changes for jump raider specifically, which will be. Uh, making my life a little bit easier, but it's still not uh, not not ideal or not how it is today. So that's that's the only problem. But it it should be should be okay. So, like I said, if anybody wants to check out Eve, feel free to drop it in the channel. Or if you happen to be on when I'm playing Arcade, I'll probably be in the Arcade channel. Great. And you can go to the uh, the forums, of course, right? Absolutely. Yep. The forums. The forums. The forums. 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 I'll make I'll make the personal plug here. So I've only played for three months, so I'm nowhere near the experience that these guys have. But uh, Eve is it definitely takes a bit to learn. It's you're not going to jump into it like any other MMO and just start whacking the things day one. You're going to have to learn a little bit about the game. But once you do, it grips you. It is a very very good and just obsessive kind of game to play. So that's if you like the idea of flying through space through space and blowing people up, it is a fun game. Never about uh, that. Yeah, P.S. It's also one of the, the boringest single-player games. So uh, make friends, play with friends. It, it makes it life a lot easier. Um, yeah, so that that's it from us. All right, then. So we'll call that our show for tonight. While the uh, chat room begins suggesting show titles, we want to thank Stu and Turbo, Turbo for joining us. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Not a problem. All right, so uh, we'll start with Stu. Stu, where can people find you on the web? Uh, well, you can be... You can find me on Twitter. It's at underscore stupid genius for myself. And then also, if you want to hear more about me blabbering about Eve, you can check out my podcast at Capstable um, or Capstable.net for that. And also, if you want to hear my shenanigans about Arcage, I started a new podcast called Capsized, which is at right. Capsized Podcast. And both of those are available on iTunes and all your favorite podcasting places. All right. Turbo, where can people find you online? You can find me at Turbo Addiction, and I'm on the Capsize podcast with Stu and Senile, so you can find us there. Um, and uh, every week, except for this week, I, I haven't wrote one because of a whole bunch of things that have just been going on. But um, this week in AIEU, which is just a short, quick update every week about what's going on, what you can look forward into the future, just new general news for Eve, for people that probably don't know a whole lot about the game. But I, even then, it still sounds complicated. <laughs> Although I, I think you have this week covered, so you okay. probably didn't yeah, do a second. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay. All right, and if you have questions or comments about our show, you can email us at podcast at aie-guild.org. 
You can follow us on Twitter. The show is at AIE Podcast. Accuzad is at, at Accuzad. Eludra is at Eludra underscore AIE. And I am at Cyberwave. We record live with video every Sunday from at 8 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Pacific, and actually 5 p.m. Pacific. You can join the chat room and play along with us at our website, the, theaiepodcast.com. Our theme, of course, was composed by the wonderful and amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys with Soul or vis- visit his website, keyswithsoul.com. All right, now it's time for us to play all the great AIE member segments we received this week, including Ask a Magus, Overly Dramatic News, Ask Miss Mulgra, and Buxley's Journal. Gentlemen, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to Welcome, this is Dedrin with another edition of Ask a Magus. This week's question is, if paladins can cast spells in plate armor, why don't mages wear a plate as well? You see, the secret is that mages and warlocks, we actually do like our robes. There's kind of an open-air feeling to all of it. Although, I will say it's probably best not to look under a mage's robes. Although that is a good way to tell if a blood elf is a male or female. Anyway, nothing against uh, male. Actually, everything against male. Because it just chafes. It really does. It's something that warriors will not admit. But they have to apply a lot of different medicines, I'll say. Whereas we... We're free as the wind. Although, I will say, however, that warlocks pretty much require robes because, well, sadly I have personal experience in seeing that they're corrupted in an entirely different way. Send your questions to Askamagus on Twitter. Thrumka, and welcome to Ask Miss Melgra, your source on matters of etiquette in Azeroth. Today's question is, what do you plan to do before the warlords of Draenor arrive? Well, I must say that they are taking their sweet time about getting here. I suppose they will expect a royal welcome when they arrive, too. It is not good enough that everyone is left waiting around all day. They cannot simply make an appointment and stick to it. I have better things to do than to wait around for the warlords of Drano to finish drinking their Starfire Expressos while my sink is... uh, What? Oh. Um. The producer informs me that the warlords of Draenor is not a plumbing company. Well, how about a little yard work? The, the verge needs trimming and the hedge is a nightmare. Huh? Well, they can clean up the dark portal after they rake my leaves. I am Miss Morgra, and that is my advice. Akamagosh! Follow at Miss Morgra on Twitter, or listen to previous episodes at MissMulgra.com. You big KIA, Buxley. Welcome to Buxley's Journal. Buxley, I'm bored. What do you mean? 
I've been waiting for the expansion and there's nothing to do. Nothing to do? Why, there's LFR if you're still trying to get your cloak. PvP if you want to use your weapon to give the other side a poke. You can use a little alchemy if you got the right stuff. Or you can go cliff diving off the edge of Thunder Bluff. You can go fishing with Nat Pagel in a boat. And you can swim around Kalimdor if you think you can float. There's herb gathering where you can pick flowers. Or you can cast spells against dragons if you have those powers. You can race around and do mining if you can get to the nodes first. You can sample a bunch of food from recipes until you're just about to burst. You can do some skinning if you like picking up other people's messes, or you can do some tailing if you're into making dresses. You can always do some archaeology by picking up some junk, or you can subscribe to the Brew of the Month Club, but that might get you a little drunk. Lots of people spend their time getting their first aid all the way leveled up, or you can go into the wilderness and pick yourself up a new corehound pup. There's engineering to be done in Nomragon, but that involves a bunch of gnomes, but there's also inscription to do if you like writing in a tome. You can build your own garden in Pandaria, or you can hang out with flying mounts over in their parking area. Sometimes the Darkmoon Fair will be around, or you can get your guild to raid another town. You can level up your reputation with all available factions, or you can run over to Moon Stormwind just to see their reaction. There's lots of stuff to do, even if you're bored. Lots to do in Azeroth. It just has to be explored. Wow, thanks, Buxley! If you'd like to see what I'm up to every day, follow AskBuxley on Twitter. Greetings, this is Rasklin, presenting another installment of our ongoing informational series, Other, Much Lesser Known Shahs of Pandaria. Tonight, the Shah of Repetition. The fight with this Shah seems simple enough, as initially, it is easily and quickly brought to its knees. However, the fight starts up again, identical to before, but with an additional bit at the end to get through. Then again, adding a third part. And then again, over and over, getting more and more complicated and thus more difficult to remember the exact sequence of actions to take. Many novice groups eventually lose concentration, mess up the pattern of moves, and thus fall to defeat, and increasing frustration. However, most veteran groups are very used to doing a fight over and over and over again, until they finally get it right. So this poses no real problem for them, except for the typical and inordinate amount of time needed to successfully traverse the encounter. The reward for successfully defeating this Shah is a small circular box with blinking lights that makes noises. Well-traveled adventurers say it reminds them of some locations in Ogre Law, in Blades Edge Mountains. For some reason, these same adventurers always pass on acquiring this interesting object. We now return to your regularly scheduled raid wipe, already in progress. Makers will pull the plug after finding catastrophic bug. It's the Overly Dramatic News, I'm Hunts the Wind. Alduar, Aldum, the Vale of Eternal Blossoms. All across Azeroth, miraculous examples of the Maker's Crafts Godship are evident. But all too often these ancient marvels have somehow been corrupted by those with evil intent, used to further their nefarious purposes. For a race that prides itself on perfection, it sure seems like the Makers aren't very good at quality control. This week, however, a researcher at the Mulgor Institute of Technology discovered the weakness that gave the villains the ability to take control of this powerful technology. The ancients' use of hammers 
workers to pound and shape their materials acted to weaken the security protocols of the finished products. As a result, every piece of ancient machinery is at risk due to this flaw in the maker's bash tools. The Pantheon was horrified by this discovery and unfortunately have concluded that the only solution is to cancel the entire Azeroth project. Amanthul apologized for the situation, but given the widespread impact of the exploit, he could see no other viable solution. Brand Bronzebeard and Harrison Jones took the news especially hard. ODN found them getting drunk at a karaoke bar singing Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On over and over, and insisting that the makers were making a titanic mistake. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. And next week we'll be talking to Radozado in Star Trek Online. So until then, AIE, this is Akizad. And this is Makala. And this has been the AIE Podcast.